So this morning is a little bit different, as you probably already gathered, uh, to what we usually do. And I am certain that you are all going to be so encouraged by what we're going to hear this morning. We've got several people from our church who are going to come up. They're very brave. Uh, I'm sure some of them are quite nervous, but they're going to come and share what God's been talking to them about, either in the last year or fairly recently. They're going to be sharing how faithful God is, and they're going to be sharing their stories of God's grace in their lives. So like I said, some of the stories that we're here this morning, some of recent, might have happened in the last week or so, some might have been over the years, some might be a kind of overall life uh, story of God's faithfulness, But either way, they're all pointing to God, and they're all pointing to his amazing grace for us. So we will be encouraged. I am certain of that. Yeah, amen. But these people, in the nicest way possible, they're nothing special. None of us are more special than the other. But we are all a work in progress, aren't we, in this journey of faith. And so we all have stories. Like I said earlier, we all have stories to share, even if we don't feel like we have. We all do. But there's just a certain select that are going to share their story with us this morning. And what they're going to share, they're not just, it's not just stories about their lives. It's not just their favorite holiday destination, what they ate for breakfast this morning. That's not what they're sharing. Or they're not also just going to share, oh, this is what makes me happy and this is what's really saddened me. They're sharing, like I said, God's faithfulness. These are their testimonies of what God has been doing in their lives through good moments and tough moments. And they're sharing about God's work, how God works today, how he speaks today, and he draws people into his presence, into a relationship with him. So I'm just going to read Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his promises and steadfast in love to a thousand generations And this is the testimony, this verse is the testimony behind everyone's story this morning, that God is the faithful one. He's the one who keeps his promises. His love for his people is steadfast. He speaks and he works in people's lives with generation after generation of testimonies to tell of his goodness. So with that, we're going to kick off with Michelle. So let's give Michelle a big clap. She's starting us off. Oh, it's not easy going first, is it, Michelle? <laughs> yeah. So Michelle is a huge part of our welcome team. She's already here in her T-shirt serving us this morning. Here you are, advertise the T-shirt. She also sets up communion very faithfully when we have communion, which we will be doing today, often behind the scenes. And actually, we are so grateful for you, Michelle. So we can't wait to hear what God has been doing in your life. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, so I'm going to keep a long story short because I'm a lady of few words. Uh, so my testimony is um, kind of a start to finish really up to today's date. But So I was raised in a mostly Christian family um, and I kind of, my mum was Christian, my dad wasn't. Um, so I had a little bit of experience with, with Christianity. I was christened at about the age of eight or nine. And then after that point, going into my teenage years and early 20s, I had no real relationship with God. I had no real reason to feel like I needed to be um, close to God. It just didn't really feature part of my my life at that time. Um, Until my late 20s, when my life sort of felt like it was going a little bit off track, there were, you know, different 
a difficult situation. So I was single parenting. Um, I was having a difficult long-term relationship at the time and just felt really quite lost. And um, there was nothing that I could do to fix that situation. There was nothing that I could do to make make it better. Each and every one of us is flawed. And as much as we like to think we have control over our own destiny, really, you know, we need something more. Um, So obviously feeling a bit lost and angry and um, angry at the challenges I was facing. Um, my friend Nicola um, invited me to Grace Church. So this was probably about six or seven years ago now. Um, and so I came along obviously nervous of what I'd find, what kind of people are here, you know, <laughs> what are they talking about? Why are they raising their hands? And um, those kind of questions. And um, gradually as I sort of got into church life, I kind of felt this call to to look deeper into Christianity and to look deeper into my faith and, and sort of the church community, really. Um, and so I started to pray into my situation and I just asked God for help, you know, guide me. How do I get through these difficult times? Clearly, I can't do it by myself. Um, I needed God's help. So a few years ago, I was... Um, so anyway, there's been many occasions where um, I have truly been blessed by God and... And I wouldn't be where I am today without, without God and without, um, and without my faith. So a few years ago, I was looking to buy a house um, and put roots down somewhere I'd been renting and I wanted to, to settle down with, with my son. And I found a really beautiful house. Um, we absolutely loved it. And I thought, this is it. This is the place I need to be. Um, unfortunately, somebody else got there first, which was just gutting because it really felt like that was somewhere where we we could be and we could be safe and comfortable and sort of you know build on our lives um so that was gutting but a while later I got a phone call from the 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 lady that was dealing with the the house sale and she said that it had fallen through um and that the house was ours if I wanted it and I just knew I just knew that that was God saying look this is what you need now this is where you should be this is my provision for you and I was so, so grateful. And, you know, we've, we've got this beautiful home now. We're, we, we feel more secure in our lives. And that is 100% down to God's grace um, in, in our lives, really. And I was just reminded of Psalm 24, verse 14. And it says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And throughout our circumstances in our lives, just wait for the Lord. He is faithful and he will be there. It's so good. It's good to hear the long stories, isn't it? It's good to hear going from this is what it used to be like to, to now and, uh, and, and hearing that. Um, we're going to hear now from Siri. Siri, I'm looking for... There you go. I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm looking at you. Um, so Siri, she's originally from Botswana, aren't you? And Siri is an absolute legend, I tell you. Um, genuine prophetic gift, such a blessing to this church. She's gonna, I'm gonna ruin a bit of your story here, probably, but uh, she's gonna tell us a bit about her journey um, to to a place of just understanding God's grace in a new way and and in and in in unexpected way as well of, of discovering that. So do you wanna share that? It is really indeed an 
amazing grace. God's amazing grace. And he's God over everything in our lives. And the story that I'm going to share with you today, it's a testimony of that. And God speaks to us in different ways. And for me, he knows how stubborn I can be. (laughs) And sometimes the only way he can speak to me and I can hear him clearly is in my dreams. He does that a lot of times. And uh, the story that I'm going to share is about um, a time when I was really feeling very, very low, and I thought maybe God doesn't love me anymore because my marriage had broken down. And I thought, how can God still love me when I haven't fulfilled this part of my life? And I didn't realize that God doesn't look at that. He just loves us just where we are. No matter what we are going through, he just loves us. And his amazing grace, like I said, he usually gets my attention in dreams. And I had this dream, and that was a year before I came to Grace Church. Not a year, just a few, no, a few months before I came to Grace Church. And because I've been going through this uh, um, very difficult time with my marriage breaking down, and um, I wasn't going to church. I stopped going, going to church. And then one day, I, in my sleep, and um, I, I found myself with uh, a group of ladies, and it was in a, an unknown place for me, I should say, but it was just like a field. And... All of a sudden, one of the ladies looked up and said, Oh, look at the angels. And I looked up and said, Oh, Jesus is coming. And then I was moved. I was almost in the middle of the group. And then I was moved a little bit, at least at the edge of the group. And all of a sudden, I was taken up. And I was flying. And I was just flying and just saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. But still, I, I had this feeling of I am doomed. Jesus is coming, and I don't think I am saved. But as I was flying, then I was taken to this place with a very, very um, tall trees, and obviously I didn't hear God's word speaking directly, but I could sense God's presence in that. And I said, I said to, uh, to God, I asked God, how did a sinner like me got saved? This is what I wrote after that dream. How did a sinner like me got saved, even though my marriage has broken? And God said to me, you will never be perfect. And that was it for me. And I knew that no matter what happens in my life, no matter what I'm going through, he is always there for me. And he still loves me just as I am. And, um, I, I, and I realized that indeed it is by his grace that we are saved. And God was saying to me, I love you just as you are and where you are and what is happening in your life. I was so grateful to hear that because it was 
such an, a reassuring um, moment for me to know that no matter what, what is going on in my life or what is broken in my life, God still loves me. And from that moment, I came to Grace Church. And my walk with God was strengthened. And that's what I wanted to share with you, that whatever is happening in your life, don't give up. He loves you. He loves you. He really, really loves you. Just know that. Thank you. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Siri, for sharing that. A fantastic testimony to just hear of God's amazing grace. We come as we are, but actually we never stay as we are. God does a, an internal work in us. Thank you. Right, next up, Josh and Kim. Yay! <laughs> Don't run out the door. Shut the doors. <laughs> You guys, we've loved having you be part of our church. You're fairly new to Grace Church, so I'm going to ask Josh and Kim some questions. I'm going to do it a little bit differently now. Um, so I'll just ask you some questions, and if you just share with us your story. But um, I obviously, I've met, I've known Kim for a while because of Little Bears. So it's just, yeah, amazing to see you guys join us in our church family. But yeah, how did you come to uh, hear about church then? Tell me. Through Simo. So, <laughs> I think a lot of people would have done that. Um, Kim took me. Where was it you took me? Uh, little Bears. On the field Thunder. up there. And she said, you must know this bloke. He's from Liverpool. You must know him. And I was going, no, no, I don't know him. He's very loud. I'm surprised you haven't bumped into him. I was like, I don't. Then I met Simo. And um, he'd offer me things like, Oh, they're washing cars down at the Grey Centre for a pound. Bring your car down. I'd be like, no, can't go down there. And then there was like loads of other stuff that went on. And then we went for breakfast once. And I remember saying, what do you do for work then? Finding out what he did for work. And I used to say, where do you advertise? And I don't. And I used to go, well, you must be advertising. I don't. I put all the trust in God. And I was like, yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think this is the place for me. And then, um, and then I couldn't stop. So every time I saw him, I'd ask him the same question. And just to get him to tell me that, yeah, I'll pray for my work. And I was thinking, nah, this is all. <laughs> and then I used to tell people about it. And I'd be like, this bloke who I've met, I said, he doesn't advertise anywhere, not on his van. I said, he's busy. And they'd all laugh at me and they'd go, nah, nah, he's having you on, mate. He's, got, he's, he's in every... And I used to say, no, he's not. He's 100% not. And then, um, and then, yeah, they moved into their house. And Jack said, oh, Simo needs some flooring doing. He said, why don't you go and do it on a Saturday? And I thought, yeah, yeah, all right. And it was probably about 45 minutes work, but it took five hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we had breakfast. And then I said, I don't know. We were eating breakfast and done the job. And then he gave me his wisdom and said, you know, one day you, you will pray. You know, and when it happens, just do it. And then, my, and then I hadn't seen them for a while. And my sister's boyfriend got cancer. With two, and they had two little girls. And I was thinking, nah, this can't be right. Then it was like, he was pushed under the carpet because he said, oh, no, it's just a lump. We can just get in and cut it out and that'd be done with it. So he just, so he just needed a little bit of this or whatever it was. 
And I was like, right, okay, switch off. And then I was doing the flooring at home, wasn't I? And yeah. my mum rung me and she said, oh, have you spoke to your sister? I went, no. She went, yeah, do you think Anthony's terminal? And I was like, what? And I just froze. I laid on the floor and I was like, oh, what's going on? I couldn't even finish my own floor. To Kim's delight. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not done now, I don't think. I'm still missing a few doorbars. Um, and then I thought, oh, I wonder whether this is that time. And I put it off again. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not that time. Spoke to my sister and then she said, yeah, they're taking him into hospital right now because they think the cancer's it, his stomach lining. <laughs> and he had all these, like, pictures of the insides and he, he seen a massive blockage. And my sister was going, oh, it's not good, it's not good. And then I thought, right, what would Simo do? <laughs> <laughs> not what would yeah, do? not, yeah. <laughs> so I thought, right, and, and then I just... Prayed. I mean, what it sounded like must have been something different, but I just started and I thought, right, okay, I've done that now. And then I couldn't stop and I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And then he went in for the operation and I don't know what come across me, but I rung my sister, bearing in mind her partner's in an operation to see if he's good. I said, no, nah, he's all right. And she was like, no, you can't say that. I said, no, I'm telling you, he's all right, he's all right. And she was going, you, you can't do that. And I was like, no, no, he's all right, don't worry about it. And just sat in the chair, didn't I? And then my sister rung me up and was like, he's all right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. And I just froze and I just didn't know what. And I was like, right, okay. I said I'd you go for it. Literally, he was like, you're crying, weren't you? Yeah, so I was like. He like, was, was like overcome with emotion of like, he's, he's, he's done something. Yeah, okay. he's, <laughs> oh, no, this is too much. <laughs> Like he, he'd obviously yeah. done this thing. He done this thing that he didn't. I think he was always thinking it wasn't going to happen. So it was like the shock that he just he like you could tell he just didn't. Watching him as a partner for a long time, it wasn't just that Anthony was okay. It was like the shock of hang on a minute. I've done this thing, and they were almost adamant that he's terminal. And they're now saying that's not. It's completely like mm. they could just, like do surgery on him and remove it. Well, when he went in. It had gone, what was the cord it grew from? So, so it, it grew down. Duodema, um, and then normally it would just carry on growing, and it basically went right up to the stomach lining on the U turn. And, they said, and then like, grew we've back never out. We've seen anything like this before. Like, this is yeah. like something we've never seen before. And I was like, Josh was like, we're going to church on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, that's I was do. scared at that point because I thought, what, what have I started? I can't, just, I can't just say thanks for all your help. <laughs> I'm out of here. And then, yeah, we just started coming. And then you were just coming to sit with me, wasn't you, yeah. at first? She thought, I'll just come and sit next to you. Uh-huh. Kids might like it. And then Kim will tell you the rest. Why do you want to give me this? Okay, okay, sorry. So what's been your experience of God since you've come to church? Um, hello. <laughs> So I just came along, like I've always been quite open to it. I went to a Church of England primary school and like I, I went to church throughout my childhood, a bit like Michelle. Like I, I then felt like I didn't really need a relationship with God. Like, yeah, I thought God was probably real, but didn't. And that was like the end of it. So I just came along um, and like the first week I was like, oh, that was really nice. And everyone's so nice and everyone really loves God. And that's so nice. And then like the next week I was like, bit more inquisitive and then my like I don't have this like boom story like Josh does like mine's like a real progressive um like things would happen and I'd be like that was God 
Like, looking, even looking back on things in my life, like me and Josh crossed paths. We went to the same school and didn't know each other. We crossed paths loads of times. And it was like, there was something, and I knew, and I never knew why, but I knew, like, really corny. But, like, I knew, like, he was, he was it. And then, yeah, like, there was, there was loads of things throughout, and then I, like, reobsessed loads of things that happened in my life. And then Josh, uh, so we'd started coming in the October... And then in January, Josh lost his job. Well, normally that would have been a real test in our relationship and everything. And I just felt like that was God's plan. And that's what I kept saying to him. Like, and that was only a couple of months in. So he was like, it was a real slow, like a slow burner, really. And then we did Alpha. And yeah, I just, like, I feel like I've ch- completely changed. Like, the way I feel. Like, m- uh, my age group, like, I now look at some people and I just think, Everyone's so wrapped up in like what looks good and what should be done, and and I just I'm not that person anymore. Like yeah, you know it's nice to have nice things, but yeah. that's not the top and bottom. It's true that you shared how God speaks to her mm. personally. I know that's just so been an experience. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I've had a few pictures quite often when praying. Um, I had one at the camp out for Mel. Um, it was the first time I'd ever had one. I'd had a few bits and bobs, and I'd sort of, again, been like, oh, I, don't, I don't think God would be giving me a picture, you know, little old me, been coming along for a, a year. Um, and then when we were praying, it was so clear that I was like, okay, right, okay, I need to say something. Anyway, we had a wedding, so we had to leave early. And I had a, such a clear uh, vision of, like, a waterfall, and it was, like, just... Like, I felt like God was saying, like, just keep going. Like, this isn't just a waterfall. Like, it's never-ending, blah, 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 blah. So I told Mel, and then on the Sunday when we left... Um, was it the Sunday? And there was, like... Or was it Saturday? Yeah, the Sunday. There was people doing... Was it prophetic drawings? And someone came up to Mel, someone I don't know from a, an, another site, and drew a waterfall. And I was like, okay okay <laughs> okay I, I need to like allow it a bit more so there was times where I like I shut I think like I shut things off and I just felt like initially like it wouldn't be me like little old me like I'm a baby Christian like why would I get pictures and why would I get these feelings um <laughs> not so little <laughs> I love that. I love hearing God. It doesn't matter, does it? God has no hierarchy of, of people. He, he loves people and he speaks to his people. When you've welcomed Jesus in your life, he, his spirit is at work um, and he speaks to his people. Um, how, so for you as a family, then, last question, how has God changed your life from here onwards? Josh, do you want to answer that one? I feel like you want me to answer that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. We're I think, married, that's yeah, we're getting married. That's, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know. I, I've always had interests in doing not not really bad things, but I've always been interested in, like. If someone says, oh, you shouldn't really do that, I've always been the one to go, I wonder why he said that. <laughs> and I've always been the one to have a go at doing it. I'd always get caught, but I'd always have a go. And, um, yeah, and, like, swearing a lot. And, like, and then when this happened, I was like, I'd, I'd swear. Someone would pull out on me and I'd swear. And then I'd get this almighty, like, thing, like someone was watching me all the time. And I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, you know... <laughs> And then, like, things I do, and then in the end, I started, like, stopping myself from 
like, oh yeah, don't do, don't do that. And I, instead of doing it, I'd think, no, I'm not gonna, do, I'm not gonna do it. And it's worked out better for me. I think it's worked out better for Kim as well, because I'm quite an impulsive sort of person. I've bought dogs and cats and fish, and you know, if the kids want it, I'm like, yeah, just get it. Well, rabbits, we've had three of them, haven't we? But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's def it's definitely uh, yeah. He's definitely grounded me a little bit. And like, you just stay there. Because I'm watching and I feel watched constantly. Like, the fact, I was like, yeah, it is strange. It is strange. But, I mean, it's for the better, I think. And the kids, the kids love it as well. Like, um, obviously, along with us enjoying it, the kids literally love it. They've got a whole new, like, friendship group. Um, if you know we get a phone call, someone so and says poorly, they'll oh we'll we'll pray, we'll pray for them, and um, like even Grayson, who I think is still so young, he does that a lot, doesn't he? Like he'll start eating, he'll be like oh I haven't said grace, and then um, yeah, if somebody hears someone's poorly, and like he and I, I love that, I love that that's part of the reason why I wanted them to go to Norwich because I think I I, I there's, there's what better to do than to feel compassion and want to care for other people and there's a lot of children and as I said the society we're in isn't about that it's about being the best and looking the best and not about bringing other people up and everyone's equal and yeah thank you oh that's brilliant thank you so much Kim and Josh you're right Thank you for sharing your story. We, like I said, we are all a work in progress. And actually what God does is he, he, does a, uh, he refines us, doesn't he? It's not about us trying to live up to this standard of perfection. But he, he, he refines us and he, he gives us a distaste for things in our life that have become habits without realizing. And actually God does a work and he turns that. And he's drawing us closer to um, him and a holiness in Christ. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Great. It wouldn't be stories of grace without having the story of grace, church. Um, so we, uh, the Grace Church has existed since 2005. I think Linda is the longest serving member of Grace Church who is in Bognor, I think. Um, so... It began in 2005, so Steve and Joe Petch, which many of you probably do not know who they are, um, they planted a church in Chichester from Billingshurst, and then in autumn 2005, this small gathering of people who were just gathering together and, and praying um, began, and then in January 2006, um, Grace Church began meeting as, as a, an official church uh, in Oving Village Hall, but then it grew rather dramatically, and then in, uh, before 2006 had ended, Grace Church was publicly meeting in Chichester High School, where it had grown, and then over time, by God's grace, we grew more and more, and then in 2013, the inevitable happened, we began Bogner. Um, we, we began a, uh, being a multi-site church. We're going to be celebrating that. on the This one for your diaries. 10th of June, we're going to be, hopefully here, we're going to be together, multi-site party, uh, a 10-year multi-site party on the 10th of June. Put it in your diary. Be there, all three sites together, in Bogner, partying the night away. Um, so, so be there. 
But the life of Bognor site in particular, as a site, um, we've, had a, we've had a few homes. In 2013, so March 2013, um, we started meeting at the Genesis Centre down, uh, down Collier Avenue before very quite quickly, due to issues of sound and everything like that, we moved to the university um, as, a, as a venue. But in 2018, we moved to Southway. So we have been here for five years it doesn't feel like five years, probably because two of them were COVID. But, yeah, where will God lead us next? We, we do not know. Where are we going? We shall see what God does. Um, but while I was thinking through the story of Grace Church, while I was thinking through what, what, where we have been as we have pro, uh, progressed and just seen God do, do so much in our church, I was just struck by how God's hand it's God's hand that has been leading us to, to where we're going. There was a prophetic word years before about us being a cluster of grapes and that the idea of multi-site, um, before multi-site was even a, a word in, in the vocabulary of church life. Um, and there's, there's been difficulties. There always will be. And, um, but God has been so faithful. And, and that's been the story of of. The church, through the whole of church history, that's been the story, that God is, God is faithful. And it means that when the challenge comes, but God is still at work, God is still faithful. It's been the story of church history. And Deuteronomy 9 that, that Kim mentioned right at the beginning, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his promise and steadfast love to a thousand generations. The story of Grace Church and the story of grace itself that runs through the lives of everyone who's just been, been sharing this morning, it's, it's an overflow of what God has done. It's an overflow of what, what Christ has done for us. So how do we know that he is the God of a thousand generations, the God who's steadfast in love? It's because on the cross we see it displayed. We see the love of God displayed for all generations, for all people, for all humanity available. So that, that because of the cross, he holds all of our stories. He holds all of our pain. He holds all of our burdens so that we can find comfort. We can find hope. We can find joy in him because of the cross. So before we, before we carry on with any more stories, we're going we're gonna to take communion together. We're going to enjoy God. We're going to remember the story of complete and utter grace that has been poured onto our lives that we, we find in the cross, and we're going to celebrate that. So um, this, is, this is for Christians. It may be the first time. It may be that as I've been talking or you've heard these, these stories that actually you go, no, I want to put my faith in, in Jesus. You can do that this morning for the, for the first time and, and take communion for the first time. So while we take communion... What Eilis is going to do um, is, is she's just going to play a song. The words aren't going to come up on the screen, but you can just listen to this. You can enjoy this. And if we go and take the bread and the wine either side, take it back to your seat. And with the people who are near you, why don't you pray with them? Or, or just if you want to, just have some time on your own listening to, to what, what, what the song is, is saying and, and enjoy taking the, the bread and the wine together. So why don't we stand up? Why don't we head over to, to one of those places and, and take, take communion together before we come back to some more stories.
God, we're so thankful for your grace. We're so thankful for your mercy. We're so thankful for communion that we get to enjoy it. God, this morning we get to enjoy remembering the cross in all of the stories, in all of the laughter, in all of the, the singing. God, we, we don't want to lose sight of your cross and your, your resurrection. Lord God, we just, we just adore you this morning. Amen. If you're standing, why don't you take a seat? Um, I'm going to introduce Quint. Quint's going to share his story. This guy is a proper servant. What a servant-hearted man this is. And uh, oh, how, how many? Yeah, I wonder if you accumulated all the campouts and how many people you've catered for. It must be in the thousands, wasn't it? Yeah, it must be. Um, so yeah, he's going to just. Uh, come and share about uh, forgiveness and, and just a story of forgiveness that he's found in his own life recently. Hello, peeps. Um, I'm not going to delve too much into the past. Um, a lot of you have probably heard uh, my story before. So this is um, the next venture of my, part of my journey. Um, briefly... Um, um, on the, um, sorry, bear with me. About ten years ago, well, actually, when Grace Church um, celebrated its tenth anniversary, this wonderful sight. It was also the tenth anniversary. I found out my wife was cheating on me. Um, so my life fell apart basically, and I've, I wasn't a very nice person. My wife wasn't to blame. I was a drunk, to be honest with you. And I've prayed forgiveness from God after being on the beta course. And, yeah, I forgave my wife, even though that probably landed on deaf ears, to be honest with you. But I could never forgive myself. Um, yeah, just felt like um, I was wearing a crimson-stained jacket on my soul. It was really heavy. So I've prayed into this before, but yeah, I could, I could forgive everyone else around me, but I couldn't forgive myself. So the week after Buck Bogner's 10th anniversary, I went up for prayers, was brave enough to step forward. I went up there because, yeah, I was feeling low, worried. My children's mum having chemo at the moment, felt like life was getting on top of me. Bear with Hello, mate, you right? Only kidding. I'm just gonna put just gonna put on a song. Bear with. Hopefully it's not too loud. Yeah, so this song came on a couple of weeks ago and I was like it's got a nice warm feeling. You know, there's a, there's a line in it which said Sin had washed the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And I was like, yeah, it feels good. And I can remember at the end speaking to Johnny and Tom and said, that song really touched my heart. You know, it was lovely. Week two, was um, called over to Haven's site. And again, that song come on. And I was, um, found myself grinning like a Cheshire cat. And I was like, wow, what's going on? And yeah, so later on that day, went over to some Christian friends of mine, 
we had a meal together, Easter Sunday, a lovely time of worship, communion and prayers. And at the end of that, lady there said to me, felt this song, God said to me, play this song to you. And it was, it was Jesus paid it all. So I hadn't noticed when I stepped up for prayers that God had healed me, but he had to nudge me three times. And to have that weight lifted, it feels really good because now I'm washed as white as snow. Thank you. Thank you, Quint. Thank you. These are raw stories that people are sharing this morning that, you know, actually, it's very brave for people to come up and share. You know, Quint is, is not someone who fights for the front. He is always, he's always in the shadow, serving his heart out, cooking at most of our big events. You know, Quint, you are a ledge, so thank you for sharing your story with us this morning. Okay, Holly, where are you, Holly Lunn? Holly, woo! <laughs> Holly is one of our youth. We love the youth in the church. <laughs> and we're off to New Day again this year, which is going to be amazing. I can't wait to go. And um, yeah, Holly, you... Holly's quite... People would think Holly's quite shy, but she is really not shy. <laughs> I take Holly to, you, to uh, worship on a Tuesday. We share a car journey. Holly puts on the music. She's the DJ. She sings her heart out in my car, I tell you. <laughs> and uh, we loved hearing yours and Tilly's little drama piece that you did for us at Good Friday. That was fab. And so, Holly, this is what your words were you're going to share this morning, a year in the life of Holly J. Lunn. Is that right? There we go. Well, we look forward to hearing it. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> well, as Kim said, I'm Holly. I am 17 and I live in Feltham. <laughs> Um, I love singing, and I love acting, and I do a little bit of dance. <laughs> wouldn't sound the best, but um, I study at Chichester College, doing musical theatre, obviously. And most of all, I love God, and I've been to church my whole life. I wanted to share this year because it's been one of the hardest years of my life, and I've had to make loads of decisions, some easy, some not so easy, some that I didn't think of how it would affect others, and it put it down on me. One of the biggest decisions I had to make was leaving my acting group. I had been there for over six years. And the last show we did was Wind in the Willows. And it was one of my favorite shows that I'd ever got to do. I played Chief Weasel. And I just love being the evil character. <laughs> and <laughs> because it's not me. And um, it just made me feel happy, but also sad that it was going to be my last show, so I thought. At the end of the last year, I was at work, my work experience at my acting group, and one of the boys got ill, and they were doing a Christmas carol, so they asked me to play Bob Cratchit, and I had one night to learn the whole script. Thank goodness I was allowed the script on stage, but... <laughs> It was an experience of a lifetime, and as they say, the show must go on. Um, one of the biggest events was my audition for Chichester College. At first, I wasn't planning on going to Chichester. I was planning on staying on, on sick form. But I was scrolling through Facebook one day, and the recommend came up for Chichester College. And it wasn't like the whole 
circle of colleges, it was Chichester College. And it wasn't once, it wasn't twice, it came up loads of times through that one scroll. And I was like, that is God. It's not coincidence, it's God. Now, the auditions were nerve-wracking. <laughs> and I'm not a very nervous person, but they were really scare uh, scary. I didn't know what was going to happen. So the day ran, and it happened. <laughs> I got a place if I got the GCSEs that I needed, which was five fours or above. And then we got to exams. Now, <laughs> they were the most stressful thing ever. <laughs> and I thought they were the biggest thing in my life, the biggest thing in the world. And I felt that I was putting them above everything else. I lost connections with my friends. I lost connections with God. And I just felt that I was putting exams above everything else. And it wasn't very good for me. And they happened, and they went well, and I did everything that I was supposed to. And at the end, I was just glad that they were over and done with. And we celebrated with prom. And what better way to celebrate was going to New Day, which I loved. It was obviously the first year of going and just the connections we made as a youth and with the youth leaders. And I just felt that God was blessing all of us. And there was this one day that stood out to me, was the Thursday, because it was the day that I was supposed to... Oh, um, a guy that was like a third granddad to me, was, it was his funeral. And I couldn't go because of New Day. But in the evening, I felt God say to me, John is so proud of you. I am proud of you for what you are doing. And he's so glad that you're there worshipping and praising. And I felt so blessed that I burst into tears. Now, if you know me, I don't cry at a lot of things. But I just broke down. And to be honest, I didn't think anyone would come and like talk to me or whatever. But Georgia... And Tilly Groves came up and prayed for me. And I felt such a blessing on my heart. And I showed Tilly the poem I wrote about John. And she told me how she could see a lot of what I wrote in me. And that was such a nice compliment, one of the best compliments I've ever been given. Because he was like a role model to me in the performing and in the God side of things. And then, obviously, Grace Campout was another big thing because that was the day we went was the day I got my results and found out that I passed everything that I could get into college. <laughs> Thank you. And, like, even if I hadn't, I knew that I had my friends because we all shared a tent, that I had them no matter what, and I had God. So I got into college and... It wasn't everything I expected, but it was a lot more. And the thing that God helped me with most is the two main things that I struggle with. The written, exa like exams, assessments. But I felt that every time I put my hands on the keyboard to type, it was God telling me what to write. And I just felt that God was like, this is what I see you doing. Not just now, but like in the future. And 
Another big thing was dance. Like I said earlier, I'm not the best dancer, but I try my best. And another big thing was my, te my dance teacher went on maternity. So I got two new teachers that I had no idea how they taught or how they would interact with us as students and how they were as people. So I felt a lot of stress on me because I had to learn quickly how to do what I love, but with new, t with new people. And that was a lot for me. But I felt God helped me learn quicker, help with my self-confidence and motivation to go through it. And if you didn't know, I had an ingrowing toenail and it was painful. It was one of the most painful things I've ever experienced. And I couldn't do things to the full, to my full potential. And that really brought me back. And it took almost a year to get a hospital appointment with cancellations. But then after loads and loads of prayer, we got an appointment. We found out information about the operation in my toe, but they said it would take a few weeks to get the actual date for the operation. Um, my mum prayed, and they prayed at the prayer meeting um, for a date, like, as quickly as possible. And then my mum got home, and she got a phone call from the hospital saying that they have a cancellation for the next day. Now, I was really, really nervous because I hadn't had time to prepare for anything, and I also had my performance on the Thursday, and I was like, I can't do this. So we changed the performance to the Wednesday morning before the operation, and we got that all done. And then we were at the operation, and all I was thinking was what my dad had told me about his operation and how painful it was. And I was scared, so scared about <laughs> what it would do for the rest, of the, uh, the rest of my course year. And because they said it was six to eight weeks recovery. So that's all I was thinking in my head. But the doctors were really nice. One even studied musical theatre at Chichester College so that we were talking about musicals the whole time. And then the next minute, he goes, your nail is off. And I didn't feel a thing. Like, obviously, the anaesthetic. But, like, it was so quick and so easy that I was scared for nothing. And we prayed for a quick recovery. We had people over the church praying. And... After the anaesthetic wore off, it, the pain wasn't too bad. If I, if I said that there was no pain, I'd be lying. But there was just enough hope in me that I could get through it, and I did. And I thank God that I can still walk. They said I wouldn't be able to wear shoes for ages. As you can tell, I am wearing normal shoes, and um, I can feel, uh, feel no pain as walking. I'm taking it slow, obviously, but hopefully I'll be back to dancing, going back into the college term. And I just felt over this past year that I know that God has a plan for me and he has my best interests and he has a plan for all of you. I know you probably heard this so many times, but he does and it is true and he has your best interests. Great. It's so good to hear what the next generation, uh, how, they, how they process and pressures of, of school, but also them having the reality of, oh, actually, it really doesn't matter. Um, and, and if that is not an advocate for New Day and for the Commission Festival, I don't think we got a better one. Uh, 
last but not least, we're going to have uh, Siobhan and Marty come up. Yes. We, um, at, at our Christmas service, we baptised these guys in the bleak midwinter in the snow. Like, them and James, commitment to the cause there. Um, they're going to tell their story about how they came to Grace Church and, and all that went on before that as well. There you go. I forgot my notes. <laughs> but, uh, shall we, where shall we start? So, I grew up going to an Anglican church. I was, a, I was an altar boy. <laughs> and, uh, and I used to wear the, the, the cassock and carry in the cross. Um, but I kind of drifted away from the church as I... Uh, when I got to university, I sort of took to the worst things in life, probably, and <laughs> wanted to hang out with my friends and go clubbing and things like that. So I sort of, yeah, I, I never really thought about going back to church at that point. And uh, Siobhan never went to church as a, um, as a, um, you'd never had been to a church, had you, until you'd yeah. been to Grace Church. So what, what brought us to Grace Church? Well, December 2020, I kissed my wife, knowing she probably had COVID-19, which I know what you're thinking, pretty stupid, and it was. So uh, we all got sick. Um, I ended up in hospital, didn't I? So, uh, which was pretty traumatic. I had, a, I had a raging fever for, of 41 degrees for 16 days um, and eventually Siobhan found me in the bedroom. <laughs> Not making much sense. I was speaking something speaking. <laughs> yeah, sort of shaking and uh, um, yeah, making strange noises. Uh, and eventually I got a doctor agreed to see me. I got rushed into the hospital, didn't I? So When I rushed him in mm. on day 10, wasn't it? So at day 10, I took him into hospital at half past two in the morning. And they said, you're a young, fit man. You're day 10, you're fine. You'll go home, you'll fight this. Three hours later, the doctor sent him home. So I picked him up at, what, six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. Come the Wednesday, I walked into the bedroom and he was just grey and just rocking on the edge of the bed, and I was scared, very, very scared. So I rang the GP that morning and said, I need a professional, and I need one now. Luckily, thank God, <laughs> they saw him. His oxygen levels were so low that she thought her first machine had broken. Yeah. So she tried a second machine. Same reading came up, so she tried it on herself, to which the machines were both working. His oxygen levels had just dropped so low how he was walking and still conscious to this day, they, we now know. <laughs> but at the time, because again, not being a Christian, I was like, my first port of call was to a friend of mine who is a Christian, has been brought up a Christian. Now, normally I'd ring my mum, but I didn't. I rang her. Now I know it was God drawing me to her. And I said, look, sorry. I said, if there is anyone, I need them now. She got all her friends, family, everyone to pray. And they prayed and prayed. And for three days, the doctors rang and they said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Bailey, your husband is critically ill. We can't say one way or another if he's coming home to you. Bearing in mind, we were still 
in lockdown, right? We had COVID, so we couldn't have anyone in to help us. I had a two-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old at the time. It was hard. I couldn't be with him. Let's not dwell on that bit. Let's not dwell on that no. bit. Anyway, no. so. day three, the yeah. doctors rang and said, he's coming home. <laughs> he's coming home, and you did. And yeah. that's what drew me to great. And then a friend, Amy and Dan Notion, were at Chichester site at the time. And they said to come along. Amy was leading worship one day, one Sunday. So we went along and we just felt love, didn't yeah. we? And comfort and warmth. And from that day, someone was watching over Marty and it was the love of God. And that is why I am here today. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think now it's changed, it's changed a lot of things in our lives. Mm -hmm. Like... Uh, I've changed my job, we moved house, <laughs> yeah. and we would always worry, I'm, I'm one of life's worriers, and Siobhan's always had a bit of anxiety, haven't you, mm. so, and we would never have stood up here and spoken about anything <laughs> when we first started uh, dating, so, yeah, it's definitely had a big, big impact in our lives. Mm. Um, I'm not a screaming parent that I once was, I feel the need to take a deep breath and go, God, help me here, and you go, I've got this. <laughs> You can cope with your children right now, and suddenly it's, okay. <laughs> but no, that's, that is why we're here today. That's it. So good. So good. Stories of God's grace, aren't they? Every, every single one of them this morning. Why don't we stand? Let's finish by just singing. Let's just praise God for... I've probably put the worship team in a spin there. They're like, what? Um, yeah, we want to give God the glory. We just want to thank him for who he is. Psalm 119, verse 30, uh, verse 90, sorry. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. That's, that's our God. That's the God that these stories have all been pointing to. So let's worship him as we as we finish.